The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. Glad to be with you. Thanks. Thanks for uh, celebrating Empire Strikes Back with us last week. It was a big week. Um, I had a lot of fun talking Empire with uh, with with the gang, everybody, like out there on Twitter. Uh, we did cannon fodder with Rick and Rob from Generation X Wing. Thanks to those guys for hopping on. Uh, it was great, man. It was a really fun week talking about uh, one of the greats, one of the greats. But uh, how you guys doing? How was your weekend, guys? It's good, man. Beautiful, beautiful weather again. Really lucky in that regard. You know, Star Wars wise, same same thing as you guys. Like I had to celebrate a little uh, Empire on its birthday. I got lucky enough. My lucky enough. Anyhow, people went to bed very early that night, so I literally it pretty much ended right at midnight. It was perfect, man. Nice. <laughs> and for all that talk about Empire. I, I still have unsaid thoughts. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's crazy. There's so much to talk about that. Want to hear them? Yes. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I don't want, I, I'm not going to drone on and on about Empire again, but it, it for a movie that I think is so universally loved, it, it, and it, it's such a movie that is so emotionally satisfying in so many ways that Nobody even notices or cares that there's no big space battle in the movie. Like, that's the saga. The episodic saga has, like, what, six or seven big space battles. And Empire is one of the two films without one. And it's, it's like nobody really talks about that. But there's so much more going on. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, there's, there's so much stuff going on. And a lot of it is really intensely uh, personal and character-driven that... You kind of go th- at the end of the movie and you feel like you've been through the ringer, uh, but you forget that you, you didn't get that big space battle that you kind of associate with Star Wars. And it's kind of amazing to me that that movie is so rich that you just don't know or you let it slide because it's there, you got so much of everything else. Yeah, you got you got Hoth at the beginning and then it's just like a it's like a roller coaster all the way down after that, almost like a slide big explosions at the beginning and we here we go it's gonna get crazy yeah and it's also a movie where there's like no aliens aside from ugnaughts there's no and yoda of course there's there's like no aliens and i really never made that a connection like when you go back to a new hope and think about the cantina scene and then fast forward to Empire, and man, the creature shop must have been on like on on strike or something because there's nothing, there's no, there's barely any aliens at all in that movie, which I, again, it's kind of weird, but you don't notice because again, the movie is just so damn good otherwise. Uh, but like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to get too deep into Empire again, but uh, yeah, no, no doubt it was a great week, and uh, Revenge of the Sith had its fifteenth birthday as well. 
and another one more other dot that I connected last week that I'm sure other people did too, but in 10 years from now, we'll be celebrating Empire's 50th and Revenge of the Sith's 25th in the same day. Ooh. That's going to be nuts. <laughs> Assuming we're all still here, that is going to be that one bananas day. That 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 calls for some screenings. Like I don't I don't know how Star Wars will handle that because 25th is a big one. But 50th is even bigger. You know, that that's a that's going to be a serious celebration on that day. Uh but I digress. Um Carlos, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. And not much else to say. Uh <laughs> There really isn't. I mean, we're kind of in this broken record mode where it's like we're just waiting for this lockdown to kind of end and for life to resume, but it's not going to resume normally, so you know, when do we have like updates and things going on in our lives? <laughs> well, it sucks because um uh you know, my my kids are not at school and all of a sudden now I've become a I've become a math teacher and uh and all those other subjects. And <laughs> <laughs> your children are very lucky. Yeah, and uh <laughs> it's not easy. It's, it's not. not easy. It's and rough. Uh, I, I I've I've never I've never said it was easy. Like um I always um I'm the type of parent that always takes the teacher's side. Um, I've always been that way. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot harder, but the thing, the thing that's really tough is that I have three boys and I'm teaching three grades. I have to be, I have to be at home, uh, with one of my kids has, um, three zoom meetings a week. The other one has two. And the older one has four days a week Zoom. Like I, I'm, I'm literally juggling Zoom meetings with homework and what needs to be done and what needs to be uploaded. And it, it's, yeah, it's tough, man. Yep. Like I, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, it's, it's tough. It's, I mean, God, it goes without saying, it's tough, and it's especially tough when you have kids in different grades because you can't. Like they're both doing separate things. And one of them's going, dad, help me with this one. Dad, I need help over here. And you're like, what the hell, man? I can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> I can't keep up. And it's every day and it's, it's unending seemingly. And man, like, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, but holy cow. Like wh- what would be happening if I was, you know, my wife's working from home, but so she can't really be bothered. What would be happening if I was also working? Like it would be a complete disaster here. So at least I have that, that going. Yeah, that's that. That's my conundrum: is uh, do do I do I go back to work and 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 work half one week on two? Um, you know, which is what I did at the beginning, but I had vacation days to cover my my days that I I, I was with my kids. But it's going on three months now. I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough uh, it's a tough situation, and I don't get paid enough uh, to be a teacher. It's a thankless job, man. You know, I think it's 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 a you know like you, I I always tend to take the teacher side, but I think a lot of people are waking up to realize that wow, these teachers put up with a lot and they do a lot, and it's you know God bless all those teachers out there that uh, 
have to deal with dozens of stinky, dirty, rowdy kids every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> well, Carlos, you do have, a, at least on, on the Star Wars end of things, you do have a collecting update to share. <laughs> There's that. A collecting update? Okay, so you wanna, let's, uh, let's do this. Uh, all right. I, I actually wrote this down in my notes because there was just too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. So the week started off uh, with um, me scouring eBay. And I found the 2015, the Thai Advanced Prototype Poly Bag. Um, I had it oh, in yes. my... I had it in my watch list for a while, uh, and it was at uh, I think there was he was selling it at nine ninety nine plus shipping, and I I just kept it in my watch list. I was just watching and watching it, and then I think it was Wednesday or Thursday I got an email saying that he dropped the price by three bucks. Um, so I got it for nine bucks shipped. Jeez, yeah, well, a little poly bag. I mean, if I would have bought it in store, it would have cost me five bucks. So it's still, uh, but you know. Yeah, five years later, I got it at a decent price, and uh, I'm going to keep that in the bag. Like, I'm not even going to open it and build it. It's just going to stay in the bag. Um, I also, uh, on eBay, I got the uh, 7152 Darth Vader's TIE Fighter uh, from the TIE Fighter uh, versus Y-Wing set of 2002. Now, this one is a re-release from the original, so... Uh, 7150 from 1999, the, the original wave of Star Wars Lego. Um, and this guy's just sell, was just selling the TIE Fighter from the re-release. So I, I grabbed that. I think it was like I paid $18, $18 for that Darth Vader's TIE Fighter with uh, the black and blue, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, but I'm also, uh, I had shared with you guys in, in our group chat that I was looking at the uh, 7150 and another set um, for $180 shipped. And I was hesitating. I was going back and forth between those two sets and the um, UCS Imperial TIE Fighter <laughs> uh, on the Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I asked you guys what I should do, and um, uh, Corey said uh, the UCS Tie Fighter, and then Kyle, you also said UCS Tie Fighter. So I ended up getting the UCS Tie Fighter. <laughs> um, it's so uh, it's just such a, a nicer looking figure than the other two. You know, the other two I get like why they're kind of popular or whatever, but they just didn't have that detail. You know. Yeah, for sure. And it's I like knowing that I can have like an original run Lego Star Wars set. Um, but the deal on on the UCS TIE Fighter, even though it was used, um, the deal was less than what it would have been new in Canada when it was first released. So I had no. Well, I had a choice. I made the choice. <laughs> I got the UCS Type Fighter. <laughs> uh, so then Friday morning, I uh, <laughs> I checked the Lego store uh, to see if they. I think on Thursday, uh, Brick Set, uh, re- they they leaked some images of a new Star Wars Lego Star Wars line called Brick Sketches, and uh, these are like. Um, Imagine 3D picture frames. 
and the two characters are of BB-8 and a stormtrooper. Um, so, like I said, they're like Lego-built picture frames, Lego-built portraits. Uh, and they're supposed to be released on June 1st. So I on Friday, I went to the Lego store to see if they were uh, announcing them at all. Uh, but they weren't on the site anywhere. So I am like, okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to go check to see if the Stormtrooper helmet was back in stock. <laughs> and it was. Uh, so I jumped on that. I got the Stormtrooper helmet and the Mandalorian battle pack. Um, and I proceeded with the order. And then I realized that I forgot to use my bonus points. <laughs> Oops. You're just going to have to go back and do it again. Yeah, I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, so I'm at, like, I was at 75, not 85. I thought it was at 85 last time, but I was at 75. Now I'm at 80 bucks of, uh, of Lego bucks. And, uh, so I'm not sure which set I'm going to drop that on. I, I think I'm hesitating on the Yoda because I want to get everything with a UCS plaque at this point. <laughs> Uh, and then later right on, on Friday, the rabbit hole. Oh, I know it's, oh, I, I knew this would happen. And then, <laughs> anyways, and then later on Friday, I made a Kijiji run, uh, for the TIE fighter set that, uh, I had talked about previously, uh, with the, uh, 7150, uh, and the 7146, just a regular TIE fighter from 2001. Dude, it, it comes they actually built it on like a little stand. It's not the sturdiest thing ever, but it's, yeah, I think you guys saw the pictures. It's, it's kind of cool, man. And it's like next to my bed right now. Like I'm, I'm really, really happy with it. The, well, so I the, got, the fetish is getting real. If it's right next to your bed. I know it's crazy. Oh, so, so I got that one, the 2001 seven, seven, one, four, six. And I got the four, four, seven, nine, the tie bomber. Which is nice, amazing. That's a cool, yeah. Thing. And it's the only Thai bomber that they've released, two thousand and three, ever. Wow, that's weird. Uh, from wow. Yeah, I know, I know, and I'm gonna say this now. I think that we're gonna be getting a Thai bomber UCS set. This is I've been scouring a little bit, and I'm 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 not saying this year. And we know we're getting the Republic gunship either in September or October this year or next May the 4th. I have a feeling 40th of Empire, it would make sense if we got a TIE bomber. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's all kinds of stuff they could do. But yeah, it's time for an updated TIE bomber. So, and there's so many mocks of this. There was rumors of this coming out uh, in the last five years and uh, it didn't uh, come to pass. So I picked up both those, um, 7146 and the 4479. I got them both for 70 bucks with the instruction manuals, but no boxes. So that's it. That's my uh, my collecting update. I still Oof. have a couple of feel, still have a couple of feelers out there for other sets that Jesus. I don't have. There's a one. F- um, there's the the tie si- the original tie silencer in blue, uh, black and blue. And uh, my son's like, Dad, why? Uh, why are they blue? And I'm like, well, because in the original Star Wars, the models were actually black and blue. But because they used blue screen, it didn't come across. 
So I don't know if you guys remember in the trench run, uh, there's a, a part where you see R2. He's black. And he's black and gray, right? Like yeah. there's he, his blue got faded out by the blue screen. And that's the same thing that happened with the TIE fighters. So they appeared black and gray as opposed to the black and blue. Just a little uh, little yeah, uh, drop in knowledge. Star Wars is full of little oddities like that. Yeah. Um, two months to the day, guys. My, my streak is over. I finally entered at a retail outlet. <laughs> Where'd you go? Which one? Uh, I, well, I had to go to a Walmart, my, you know, my, my favorite place, everybody's favorite damn place in the whole world. Um, it's not, but uh, <laughs> it pulled me, I, I got pulled in. Um, so of course I was going to take a detour out to the toys. I was just looking simply for uh, Luke Skywalker, Black Series, 40th anniversary, because I want an opener. I want to be able to open one. Um, so of course I get to the toys. Everybody is there, but Luke. Which just, yeah, that's that's the way it works. So I left in a huff, not happy. Um, and I, in saying this, prior to that, I was supposed to have received my case of Wave 1 of the Empire 40th Anniversary line. Uh, it was supposed to arrive last Tuesday, right after Victoria Day. Uh, so I checked my Canada Post tracking. And it was supposed to be out for delivery, and then the update stopped. And it said, uh, nope, date, uh, delivery pending. Well, what does this mean? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. What happened? And it, it's, it's just, I guess, uh, during this pandemic, a, a, a typical sort of delay where your package kind of gets put in limbo and things just take a little longer. So disappointing, but hopefully it does show up soon. Uh, but I also did hit the thing where everybody's going to these days, which is to, uh, you know, Facebook marketplaces, the Facebook groups. And there was a dude, he was in, in the uh, Black Series Canada Facebook group. Uh, a guy was dumping part of his collection. And I I don't usually buy in this way, but uh, I got my hands on a Black Series Vader from the original Blue Line from like 2013, 2014. And I also got my That's hand. Sweet. Yeah, it's, it's it's a cool figure, and I I don't I don't own any from that orange and blue line. So just to have Vader from that set, if I was gonna have one figure, it's got to be that one for me. So happy to have gotten my hands on that at a really good price, like thirty bucks. Boom. Nice. And yeah, can't go wrong. It's that's basically retail. And, and the box is fresh. Oh yeah, it came in a uh, like a protective case. Nice. Yeah. So I'm. 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 To be honest, though, I might swap out the Vader and put the uh, carbonized Mando in there. Keep him nice and fresh forever. Uh, but also I, at the same time, I ordered uh, Han Solo, Old Man Han from uh, the Force Awakens Black Series. Ten bucks for that, which I opened, and uh, display. I I put him up on the shelf with my Disney Elite Series Chewie just to get the scale, and it's it's pretty solid. So they look nice. good up there on the shelf. Um, Han looks good, man. His hair is probably a little too brown. It made, it made him look a little too young. It should have been more grayish. But otherwise, it's a great looking sculpt. Great figure. Really happy with that. Uh, but then I had to go. I went out again on Friday. Um, I had a couple errands to do and decided to detour into a out of the out of the way Walmart. Again, my favorite place in the world. Um, but it's it, it's it's a Walmart that I think is sort of one that people don't think about it's kind of tucked away is it valley field no 
no, okay. no, no. It's 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 in Point Claire for those who are really interested to look on Google Maps. Uh, it's it's in part of a plaza, so it's it doesn't it's not a building on its own. So I think people tend to forget about this this Walmart. So I go to the toy section and everything is there in triplicate. So they had three Lukes, three Yodas, on and on and on, multiple of each 40th anniversary figure. So I snagged, wow. I got my Luke opener. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, so I was thrilled with that. So it uh, could have been a bit better week, but, you know, Canada Post has got to stay safe. So uh, hopefully that will rectify itself. But I did get that that Luke, which uh, for a while I was convinced I was not going to find. Uh, so the plan with that is to is to open that up. And then when Wave 2 comes, I will I will get a second Vader. And I'll just pose those two together a la Duel on Bespin. So that, that's been the plan all along because originally I was going to go with the uh, the Hyperreal set with, with Vader and with Luke. But I just figured you know, it's going to cost anywhere from 160 to 200 bucks to get those two figures in the Hyperreal line. And it's like, f- forget that. No way. Now you get a, then you got to get super nerdy about it and build yourself like a diorama. Yeah, it's, I mean, maybe, but just... 200 bucks for two figures. Like, ugh, no, thank you. Like, that's a bit much. Uh, so I'll, I, I will settle for two good-looking figures in the bla- from the Black Series 40th anniversary line, and I'll spend 60 bucks. You know, 70 bucks with taxes. That's that's way more up my alley. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my collecting update for the week, and hopefully next week we'll have I'll have that case in my hand, and I can talk about the other figures from that first wave. But, uh, Corey, what's up with your collecting this week yeah I'll, I'll just run this through this quick whatever um i actually finally pulled the trigger i decided to i saw it on amazon it was available the uh, 40th anniversary luke and and uh, yoda on dagobah empire strikes back line you know it's not in any retro packaging or whatever but you know i bought the probe droid i said whatever it's on amazon i already have an account so i was just like ah it's available now i'm gonna pull the trigger and I also, luckily, like, I, I kind of check this thing pretty regularly, like, probably, like, two, three times a day when I'm at work. I just have a link. I'm like, boop. Then, uh, you know, take a quick peek because things come on and off. It's really odd. And uh, one of the Knights of Ren came on Black Series 6-inch figure, and I was like, okay, like, I'm adding it to the card just because, I don't know, it's good representation for Star Wars. Like, to be honest, I really... I'm not a fan of the characters that much. Like well, they, they were just kind of squandered. Oh, definitely. Like it was such a an interesting piece of the story there that really, like you said, got squandered. And their coolest moment too. Like it's really probably one of the cheesiest moments of the Rise of Skywalker, is when they're standing on top of that rock, and they're all just like like posing and like looking around. Oh, the like, the boy band shot. That's it, man. That's exactly what it is. It's like, how did they get up there? What are they doing? Like, well, obviously they were getting up the vantage point, but it, it's, yeah, it's the camera movement, everything about that shot. is just like, ugh, a bit cringeworthy, especially at this point. It's like, we know nothing about you. Who are you guys? Are you going to do anything? No, Ben's going to shrug and kick your ass. Okay. Is that it? Uh, nope, nope. Yeah, the night of rent, but oh, I just want to say Hasbro. Hasbro in general has been absolutely killing it, man. Killing it. Like, I don't know if you guys saw this uh, 
Spider-Man retro card back line coming out. Yeah, like, I did. Yeah. Oh man, I'm on the same page as Troy the boy here, and like this is like an instant pre-order for me, man. Like in the, pretty much the entire line. Like maybe I'll give you the Daredevil, Kyle. Just maybe I'll try and get that itch going a little further. You, I already got you one. Yeah, I'm good. But, uh, I'm good. I don't. I don't need another. I don't need more yes, temptation. I have. I have Daredevil. I'm good. Dude, you got the yellow Daredevil. You got the red Daredevil. Netflix Daredevil. I don't. I have Netflix Daredevil. That's it. Exactly. There's many more. Oh, I know, <laughs> and they're fine on the pegs. I. I don't need them. Thank you. You do. <laughs> but either way, like just in general, they like they're really coming up with some really good stuff. Like. The crappy part about this line to me is like you almost need to double uh, order and double because the card backs are just so nice. You know, it's one of those old school toy biz uh, remakes. So it's like, can't can you take it out? It's like, ah, I don't want to. I, I tell you, but, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of those card backs. That's, they're just retro to me. They're, they're, to, to me, they spell like they smell of 1992. Oh, they, they reek of the 90s and not in a good way to me. And I and I get like the nostalgia factor for anybody who is I, there is a little bit of a nostalgia there for me, but it's I don't like that Spider Man logo. I I loathe but it. As a have you fact. seen the Spider Man figure itself? Well, like, seen- I, I'm on the same page as Troy because it's really like you look at it and it's like it's not the best Spider Man figure they've ever made, but to me, it's the most iconic Spidey. It's out a, there, they're cool figures. The Electro is amazing. The Daredevil is yeah. pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. Not my favorite iteration of Daredevil, but it's cool to get a Gwen, a Gwen and a Peter Parker too. Sure, like I like that. Hey, is there any Star so anyway, Wars to this that... update? Just you know, curious. Yeah, there was two before, remember? But that one, that was a big one. Like that's worth it to me. Like, like I like I got really excited for that. That's cool. it. All right, good enough. Uh... I just wanted to uh, give an update uh, about uh, the Canada Post thing that you said earlier. I thought you were going to update us that you bought another thing. Yeah, while we were talking. <laughs> no, uh, there currently there are 250 18 wheelers at the depot in Montreal and Ville Saint Laurent. 250 full that they haven't processed yet. Dear Lord. Yeah. So they're they're having issues. Yeah, definitely. I I got a package in the mail. It's actually uh that new Venom from the uh, Marvel Legends line. I've bought it twice now. Once from Toys R Us, ended up getting shipped back to Mississauga. To the to- and I got refunded. I was like, oh, man. Finally comes up on Amazon on sale. Boom. Snag it. And I'm like, come on. It's in transit for so long. It's in Mississauga again. I'm like, oh, no. Well, why is it in Winnipeg now? <laughs> Like it went traveled basically like the wrong way. miles the wrong direction. <laughs> like no, come back. Yeah, I hope so. Hey, let's talk about uh, Disney Gallery episode four real quick. Um, Oof! It, I oh mean, this is technical stuff, so it's sort of a beyond me. But holy cow, the volume is just so so impressive, isn't it? Like, Which volume are you talking about? <laughs> Carlos, isn't the volume that, really, really impressive? I don't know what, what volume you're talking about. That's it. <laughs> what? <laughs> the volume. They use that, that word so much. The room that, that they shoot in. 
Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's phenomenal. It's revolutionary, man. It's it's I I my wife is in is in photography a bit with her work, and she like she was geeking out more over the whole thing than I was because she understands a little bit what they mean by the exposures and some of the tech jargon. And she was like, I can't believe they're doing this. And she kind of knew a little bit that they weren't really on set, that they were doing stuff with screens. But this was the first real in-depth look at what they're doing and how, like, they blend the, the practical with the virtual and how, like, uh, they're getting the lighting right and how the screens kind of go up into the ceiling to continue the shot. And she's, her mind is blown and my mind is just like, I don't understand any of this, but it's so goddamn cool. What a thing they got going there. Like to me that like, this is this is something that boy like you know for a movie that spends so much money that to go out to a location and shoot and get the real feeling of being on set, you got to wonder how long it will be until the volume technology gets to the point where you're just not going to do that anymore. It's it's got to be coming, doesn't it? I don't know. It looks that way. It look, looks like the way they were talking, like Carlos said, it's, it's a revolutionary technology. And, you know, it really, I was thinking about it and it really depends on the production value of whoever's producing said project, right? Like obviously the technology is available kind of like John Favreau kind of stated, it's just how much are people willing to invest in their production? So when, when you weigh that, like, but again, it's it's a revolutionary thing. Like it's never been done before, and it's a it took a think tank to really, you know, we know we can do this. It's just how do we apply it and how do we do it? And that was really interesting, man, to see them, you know, really make that breakthrough. This is kind of like what Star Wars is in a way as well. This is like kind of what George's vision was, or what they kind of lead you to believe. And it is kind of the future. It really seems that way. Like it, it makes so much sense on so many levels. And they talk about it in this episode, like from, you know, even like a time saving standpoint in the editing room and a lighting standpoint from the actors being so immersed that I think one thing that was really interesting was what Carl Weathers had pointed out. And it's, you know, when they're going down the tunnel, you know, you could say the director could say this is what's happening now and blah, blah, blah when you're in a green screen. But now it's this is what's happening and they're all a team and they're all seeing the same thing. I thought that was really a, it's a good point, man. And again, like all parties seem pleased by the technology. It's uh, very positive and it's seamless, in my opinion. Like I didn't notice it whatsoever until hearing about the technology itself. But when you watch it, on screen it's it flows so well you know it looks it looks so damn good too like there's there's no point you're watching mandalorian going well this that shot sucks this is all trash you know stop stop doing this and go go do location shooting like it lo just looks real anyway uh i don't want to get bogged down in that because i don't know what i'm talking about and neither do we so <laughs> Let, let's just say that ilm is amazing like i'll say i'll say one thing when you see that one shot of Iron Man, when John Favreau is talking about him working on Iron Man and how you know all the projects he's worked on in the past coming together to bring this to fruition, but even back in the day in two thousand eight when that came out, I was like, man, there is something special about that CG. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like regular CG. Like when you see that him in that suit, 
or just that suit in general. I don't know, man. It just looks so solid. For that moment for me was watching Michael Bay Transformers, like to see those things on screen looking as good as they do. And those, those effects still hold up. Yeah. That to me was the quantum leap moment for me. I was like, okay, it's, it's, it's over now. Like we can do absolutely anything. There's nothing left. And I, I think it all goes back to like a 2002 or 2003 Nissan commercial from Japan or something like that, where uh, it was a Nissan sports car and it was sort of like breakdancing and it transformed into like a, you know, an Autobot type thing. And I was like, we're there. That's it. <laughs> it was so good. And then a few years later, they're, you know, the Autobots are actually on screen and it looked absolutely incredible. There, there, there's nothing left. There's nothing. And that's one of the things I think Star Wars will be challenged with in future movies. Because Star Wars was always like, you're going to see something on screen that you've never seen before. But what, you know, and, and the prequels did give this, us a little bit of This is one of them, man. What's one of them? The Mandalorian. Yeah, but it's not, it's not like, it's the way that's groundbreaking. It, yeah, the technology behind the scenes is maybe groundbreaking, revolutionary. But to us watching, it's like there's nothing about the sh- the the what's on the screen that is like I've never seen this before. It's just the how they're yeah. getting it done. You know what I mean? Like we're not seeing these uh, these these robots transforming into cars, like a, a super complicated thing that you never would would have dreamed imaginable, or or dinosaurs on screen looking like they're here. Or, you know, well, there's certain things. I mean, they they sold Grand Moff Tarkin quite well in Rogue One, and Leia as well in uh, Rise of Skywalker. But there's still something to the mind's eye that picks it out, man. Well, sure, and that's what I mean. Like, what Star Wars is always kind of looked to to say, "Wow, me, show me something I've never seen before," and it's like. I think James Cameron's got something up his sleeve with the next Avatar 2 film. And I think it – because I know that they he was on set here and I think he's been dabbling in this technology. And if not dabbling – well, definitely dabbling but maybe even – because there's no uh, – correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think there's like a patent on this thing like what John Favreau was saying. It's readily available to everyone. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, it's a video uh, game engine, so everybody's got it if they want it. So that's it. I think James Cameron, he, he can have something in store with us for us with the, what you call it, Avatar 2, or the sequel, whatever it is going to be called. <laughs> Whenever it comes out. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so I can't wait to see what's up in episode five. There's still like, I, I love this show so much, and we still have four episodes left. It's it, That's I, it. I love this show. I love the roundtable format. I love that in this episode, Favreau threw some love towards Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> because I know that there are probably a lot of salty fanboys out there that kind of had to swallow their dirty baseball cap as they're watching. Because there's nothing they love more than sort of discrediting her and saying how she's responsible for the sequel trilogy being a disaster and this, all this stuff is under her and it's a disaster. But the Mandalorian's great. And that's all due to Favreau and Filoni. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it doesn't work that it, way. It doesn't work that way, stupid. She, like, she's got the literally the same title for all of these projects. She's got the same role. She does the same thing for across the board. So if you're, if she's doing a good job here, like you got to give her the credit. And Favreau threw, gave some credit to her. 
for being the type of heavyweight showbiz player that understands what how all these pieces fit together. And I I love that about the episode most of all. <laughs> well, see, like and that comes back to the technology as well in a way that it's like they're presenting something to her that's kind of crazy. Like there's all these different creators coming together, not necessarily even working for Star Wars, saying we could do this and this is how it can be done, but we're going to need to see some coin. Right? And then she has to make that decision, you know? Yep. And uh, I think she I think she knows how to do that. It's also nice to see Lucas hanging around the set too because you know that he is just loving what they're doing effect-wise and just being able to do things at this scope for the fraction of a cost of having to pack up an entire cast and crew and ship everything out to a location and have it wrecked by a sandstorm and build it all back up. Like he just loves that you can just hit a few buttons, load a screen, and do do your stuff. And not only that, like you're not doing it, it's still like not on green screen. No, like you're in a. That, that's one of the things. Like they were, they were like the on this last episode, they were saying that you know, your your eye gets fooled between what's here and on the stage and what's on the screen. Like what the lines are totally blurred, and it's it's wild to have your brain fooled that way. So it's awesome stuff, and it's it's gonna be really cool to see what they do in the future with this. But. uh Onwards to episode five. We'll we'll see what they bring to us next week. Yep. Uh, quickly here, I wanted to just mention uh, the Star Wars community lost a couple of people last week. Um, Charles Lippincott, and he's noteworthy, noteworthy to talk about here for a second because he's without a doubt one of the unsung heroes of the history of Star Wars, uh, and it's it's almost certain that we would not be the fandom we are today if not for what he did. Um, during his career with Lucasfilm, like he he was hired, I think in '75, uh, by George Lucas himself as as vice president of advertising, publicity, promotion, and merchandising. Again, in 1975, before any of this had ever gotten off the ground, and and he, Lippincott had such an impact. Uh, you know, imagine having to run around the world, which is what he did, pre A New Hope. He had to he, he traveled the globe. Hyping people up for this weird space movie, you know, trying to drum up business in the form of licensing and uh, creating promotions that would get people excited at a time when it's it's crazy to think about, but at a time when nobody knew what Star Wars was and it and people needed convincing. Why this sounds stupid, and you'd have to get these people excited. Like that's incredible. Space to me. dog, come on, right? Like all this stuff that just sounded so weird. Like, imagine, for a second, a world before Star Wars, and your job is to travel the world with some of the the nobody stars of this movie, drumming up interest before it came out. Like, what a job to have. You know? Like, that is that is a crazy thing to me. And he got so deep with fans at, at cons, and he just really did, like, grassroots-level type stuff to build up Star Wars fandom. And there's no way that... Star Wars fandom is what it is today without uh, the, the work that he did over the years. So uh, rest in peace, Charles Lippincott. And also, um, you know, I, I don't want to rush on without speaking about Ken Nightingall, who, you know, since I, I really think only 
a fandom as ravenous as Star Wars could elevate a random off-camera guy into a cult classic figure. But uh, Ken Nightingale became really famous in the last several years, especially as Pink Shorts Guy. Yeah, the boom guy. Yeah, he's holding this big boom mic while they're shooting some of the uh, Tatooine scenes in Tunisia. He's like he's bare chested. He's wearing these really tight, short pink shorts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, he just became this eye catching thing in this picture. It's like, what? Look at this guy living it up, living his best life on in Tunisia. Like he's a, he's a, he's a cosplay thing among fans now. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. It's it's honestly. It's something to really love about Star Wars fandom that, that you know, we can take uh, something that's innocuous, like a Wilro hood, and have a bunch of cosplayers with their ice cream makers running around in a pack at cons. And, and now there's like the same thing with Pink Shorts Guy. Like, it, it just feels like everybody attached to this galaxy, whether in front or behind the camera, at, at some point will get their day in the sun. That to, that to me is so, so cool. Uh, so Ken was Ken was 92 years old, so he lived a really good long life, and added uh, a very unique flavor to the Star Wars galaxy. So again, uh, rest in peace to both. And with that, uh, into the short bit of news for this week, guys. Uh, and again, it it comes as a sequel to last week's news about Timothy Oliphant and um, slash film sources have confirmed that Timothy Oliphant was seen on set wearing Boba Fett's armor. Right? That, oh, da, da, da. Yeah. The plot thickens. Like, it, And that kind of seems confusing because just last week we were talking about Tamora Morrison reprising the role of Boba Fett. So what is going on? Uh, but the new de- detail has maybe cleared up some of the confusion regarding Oliphant's role and it points to him being uh, this character called Cobb Vanth, who is this sort of murky, sketchy sheriff, self-appointed sheriff of Freetown, which is a settlement on Tatooine in the post-Empire era. Uh, So Cobb Vanth, uh, if you've read the Aftermath books, then you probably remember him. Um, But yeah, he was in like these interludes across the Aftermath books where he just, he titled himself Sheriff of, of Freetown he was a bit of a gunslinger, a bit of a mer- shady character. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit confused about all this. Like, you guys didn't read Aftermath as far as I know. Corey, did you read Aftermath? No, but I own it. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most no, Corey I, thing I, ever. I, I was just about yeah, to say, I that is so it. Corey. Yeah, there are boxes there, but uh, I did some reading up on the character and I know he, he kind of sounds a bit murky, like you said, Kyle, but at the same time, his goals seem righteous. Like, this guy's a slave that was freed or escaped, won his freedom, whatever it was. And now he's kind of looking out for the planet, or Freetown, anyhow, on Tatooine. And he wants it to be free of any criminal activity. Any crime syndicate that was there, the power vacuum left behind by Jabba's absence you know he wants to rid that area of it and give people their freedom that's for what i kind of understand from the character yeah and he even struck deals with uh with tuscan raiders to come in and help run out uh, yeah. the, the red key gang or something like that exactly 
so yeah, I mean, he is a connected character in the canon and on Tatooine. Like, I get that he seems like a bit sketchy a bit, but he also seems like a virtuous. Yeah, I mean, his goals, I mean, in terms of like, I want Tatooine to be free and clear of, of any type of rule. Uh, I'm the sheriff. I'm going to make sure that this place stays free. I get that. But uh, Carlos, are you are you at all aware of the character? A little bit, actually. I, I don't know if it was fan fiction or leaked. Um, I think somebody did a, fa- a fanfic of Boba surviving and hawking in his his uh, his armor to the Jawas and uh, living in the Lars homesteads under an assumed name. I hadn't seen um, that. And uh, yeah, I, I read I read it last week, and it's just right before. It, so when the name Cobb Vanth came out, I had I had already read this this fanfic uh, that uh, used that exact name. So uh, I found it quite interesting. I think it's um, aside from from Boba living in the Lars homestead, which is like on the nose. <laughs> yeah, that makes the universe um, feel small, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I like the fact that he he bought the armor or or traded for the armor um, to kind of like have Boba Fett live on in a way, um, but not to kind of ruin canon. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm a fan of it. It's an interesting wrinkle, but I'm also a little bit confused in in terms of his potential introduction to the show. It's like if it, in the books, his whole deal that I mean, that at least that we're aware of is that, you know, again, he's the sheriff of this Freetown settlement on Tatooine. Now, unless they've, you know, in the show, expanded the, the character's scope or the character's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? His uh, ambition. Mm. Like, so Fennec Shand was killed <clears throat> on Tatooine, and as a sheriff, maybe he would be concerned with, well, who did this? I want to, this is shady. I got I to look into this. But, like, first of all, Toro Calican did it, and he's dead. And anybody else associated with Fennec Shand dying is also long gone. So why does he care? Everybody's gone from from that settlement. So this pretty much tells us that they're going back to Tatooine. <laughs> right. So we got to be heading back to Tatooine at some at some point. I wonder what I, I'm I'm curious what pulls people back to Tatooine. That's that's we can't, the the question is why can't we just get away from it? Uh, another He could question. leave off system too. Like that's the big thing right now. Like a lot of people are more and more starting to speculate that you and I Carlos had believed that uh that's it. Like the whole Torque Calican thing. When you see the guy with the spurs, we thought it was uh, Moff Gideon. Moff. Yeah. So, you know, that, that kind of was like, okay, that's Moff Gideon. And he's on hot on the trail of the Mando. But, you know, it could be them stirring up uh, dust in Cobb Vance town or whatever. And uh, maybe he's, he seeks them out, you know. I doubt it, but it would be nice for them to come back to Tatooine in a way as well. Like, love Tatooine. 
I mean, we all love Tatooine. It's backwater too. You know what I mean? It, it fits the Mando in the sense that it's off the grid, outer rim. For sure. Like, yeah, those all those boxes get ticked, but something's got to bring them back to Tatooine. And it's got to be something pretty compelling to have all of them show back up on, on Tatooine because otherwise Cobb Vent isn't going to give a rip at this point. It's like, well, I got to investigate this. I'm going to get in my ship and fly away and, and track down whoever did this. That makes absolutely no sense to a guy who's supposed to be sheriff of Freetown. You know, unless unless uh, he and Shand were in a relationship and he's just out for revenge. But Or he's connected she, to Toro She was part of a crime syndicate, no? Yeah, she was. But something like, So like, he's after crime syndicates. So he's But no, he's uh, the he's the, the protector of Freetown. He's not going to just jump in a ship and go travel the galaxy to find out who did this. Like he's supposed he's that makes no sense. It makes really no sense that he would leave to go track anybody down. Like he's the sheriff of Freetown. He's got to be there to do that. So well, if it, if if it is the case, the one thing that makes me Happy, like you said earlier, Kyle, like tomorrow Morrison, you know, can you really see Boba Fett coming back and be like, that's my armor. Give it back. Well, no, but like, I, 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 I like it leaves the door open more for Rex. You know I, what I mean? Like, yes. I mean, I still think that uh, tomorrow Morrison's doing both. That's sort of the report. I, I do think that having tomorrow Morrison back as Boba Fett, but missing his armor. um adds a, a real interesting possibility to the show. Like interesting in that, like we'll have multiple uh, different types of Mandalorians in the show, right? Like, so we'll have like, if, if all these cameos that we've been talking about over the last few weeks pan out, like we'll have Sabine and Bo-Katan who are like native born Mandalorians. Then you'll have foundlings like the Mandalorian. And then you have like a uh, uh, disputed, mandalorians like boba fett like it's still sort of kind of murky whether or not he's an actual mando was so, Django a mando well that's I heard the whole that's thing. even disputed well, yeah it, it's almec that said that Django fett was uh a, a pretender or something like that but that's almec and he's he's a pos man like you can't trust what anything that that guy said so i think as Django fett's lineage or where he comes from is still sort of in dispute like he might be hey you know what maybe he was one that just signed on to the creed but no he took his helmet off who who knows like who knows but like, i mentioned this a couple weeks ago when we spoke about mandos but Cobb vanth could be this catalyst to highlighting a new angle of mando culture uh, i.e like if Cobb vanth is wearing that armor and boba boba's armor and boba's now back in the picture like how far would Boba go to get back that armor? And that, you know, I don't want to make the show about Boba Fett, but you know, to a Mandalorian, their armor is their identity, and it probably wouldn't sit well with any of the other Mandalorians on the show, be it Sabine or Bo-Katan or or, or the Mando himself, that some charlatan is wearing Mandalorian armor. So, you know, so so would those. Would would those Mandalorians be sympathetic to a a naked Boba Fett? I want my armor back. Yeah, we got to get this guy's armor back. Let's go get that guy. So it, it could lead up to an interesting clash that way, and you know the exploration of Mandalorian culture from three different types of perspectives. 
So that, that could be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I got nothing else to say. I mean, I, it sounds like maybe I'm dumping on the whole report of Cobb Vanth. I'm not. Like, it makes all the sense in the world that it's that it's him. I just don't know what, how they make it make sense that he cares that Fennec Shen was killed. But Carlos, like you said, sounds like we're going back to Tatooine. Yep. I, I was, look, I, I liked it when we first saw it uh, on screen. I I didn't like the character that was there. That was, that's just my personal, my personal taste. I, I don't, I don't know why a Midwestern person from earth is on Tatooine. It makes no sense. Um, but like at the same time, if, if there's a reason why we're boomeranging back there, you know, the, I, I'm sure they're, they're smart and they have, they have reasons for it. So uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to whine about it. I'll try not to. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see what that reason is. Uh, maybe, geez, maybe, maybe, Cobb Vanth tracks the whole murder de- or attempted murder back to that docking bay that the Mando was in, back to the Amy Sedaris character. And she's in danger. And she has like he may he Cobb Vanth forces her to call out to the Mando to come back for whatever reason. And he feels a sense of duty to help her because she helped him. Maybe that's the, the drawback. Or or what if that prison ship crashes on Tatooine and Bill Burr is running around. <laughs> hey, you know he's having a second kid? Yeah, he is. Yeah, a little boy. Soon. Like real soon. Yeah, yeah. He didn't mention that until his wife was like eight and a half months pregnant and it was his, his little daughter who spilled the beans on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so funny. <laughs> Typical Bill. Uh, something else I, I brought up a couple weeks ago specifically in relation to Cobb Vanth. I don't know if I mentioned the name, but what this new story does kind of confirm for me is that we're bound to see an action figure or some merchandise of someone else wearing Boba Fett's armor. Yes. <laughs> you know, I thought that would be, that's gonna be crazy to see somebody else wearing Boba Fett armor. No way. But here we are. And it's Again, probably like, going to happen. And then, and then sorry, Corey, like just, just as, no, no, of course not. But I, in my, in my head, we're at some point, we're going to see a Cobb Vanth figure on the pegs. And he's going to be wearing Boba Fett's gear, and it's not going to be Boba Fett. And then we'll see next to him Boba Fett wearing something completely different. Maybe he's naked in boxers. Uh, maybe he's in some clown suit. I don't know. But it's going to be crazy to see Boba Fett not wearing his typical armor. And I wonder what they do with the character. Like, are they going to make Boba Fett sympathetic to us at this point? Like, what are the plans for this character going forward? Really, really curious to see. Go ahead, Corey. Sorry to cut you off there. Oh, I don't even know what I was saying, really. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Like, I, I kind of said it at the time, and I was listening to you. Okay. That's cool. 
Uh, New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare, my health policy. Com. All right, so that is really it uh, for the news. Like I said, it's a real light news week, but here we are almost an hour in, and uh, we got still got a ways to go, so yay for us. Uh, we got a couple questions in. Uh, powerful friend, Ashik, he's got a question for us this week, and it goes a little like this. Uh, hey, Kyle, great pod this Monday about Empire. There was discussion about prequels as well and how it changed our perception of the OT, which brings me to my thought and question. The reveal to the audience of the survival of Luke and Leia, not to mention revealing their names, spoils arguably the best moment in cinematic history, the I Am Your Father reveal. I'm certain this has been discussed out there, but amazingly, I've never heard anyone talk about it. In what ways? In what way do you guys think Lucas could have kept the prequel story generally as it is, while not spoiling the Empire and Jedi parentage reveals? Obviously, we know from... Uh, four episode four that Luke lives with his uncle and has the same last name, so that's a major hurdle. But the twins and Leia reveal was unforced, so that's in from Ashik. Thanks a lot, dude. Great question, and it, it boils down to what could Lucas have done uh, to have Padme give birth to the twins, but we don't know who the dad is. Like how far? Corey, how far do you have to roll things back to make that work so that when you watch Empire, you go, holy cow. Yeah, it, it there's there's a lot of things about it that don't work. It's really tricky, man. Like I, I boiled it down, but I'll save my last answer till the end because I think it's really the only loophole that we can get through here. But I mean, you can go ahead and just hide the pregnancy altogether or you don't necessarily have to show the birth and them naming them again that all adds and lends to the film as well you know what i mean like lucas in the long run said we heard it on the mandalorian gallery like everything's got to have hope right and that even it like again this question is basically taking under the assumption that you're watching the films one through six for the first time i believe so if that's the case then you know you you don't know much about the story but you still end on this super dark note, but at the same time, there's still that glimmer of hope when you see Luke in uh, Owen and Brew Lars' hands, you know, the, on twin suns, like, beaming down on them. There's there's still that, that, that hope, but uh, other than hiding the pregnancy or not showing the births, maybe just the death, uh... The only other way around it, in my opinion, is just not naming Anakin a Skywalker from the beginning, from the onset. Oof. Like, I'm just Anakin. Just like Rey is. That would be a nice, like, bow tie on the whole, all nine of them. If you say, I'm just Anakin. I'm a nobody. And then finally, you know, when he becomes Darth Vader, he kind of... He has the resources to kind of search out who he is and whatever. 
and find out that his last name is Skywalker. And so when he hears about Luke being a Skywalker, you, you, instead of saying, I'm your, not only am I your father, I am a Skywalker as well, kind of, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine how much upending you have to do and rewriting, you, <laughs> restructuring you have to do. Um, yeah, it, it, it gets crazy. Carlos, what do you think? Um, I don't, it's, it's not spoiled. Like it doesn't spoil anything because of the, the way the order of the, the movies was, was released. Like there's, there's nothing spoiled about it. Like, right off the bat, you're going to have difficulty with Luke, like you had said in the question, that Luke is a Skywalker and, you know, Anakin's a Skywalker. Like, you, you can't disassociate there. Even if you don't even see the birth, you know that there's a connection there somehow through the name. Well, I of think, course. No, the, I think the, the assumption is that you do watch the movies starting with episode one. So by the time you get to episode three... And you watch the end of the, the credits roll, you know that Luke Skywalker is Anakin's son. That's the way it is now, and that that's rolling with the, again, the assumption that you start with Phantom Menace, and that I mean that's that's the way George Lucas says to watch the movies too, which I think a lot of fans disagree with because they want you know that that people to have that shock reveal. Um, but most stories start with chapter one, and you know that's that's the way Lucas intends it. So, is there a way to do it? Uh, where you can watch from episode one, but still get shocked by the time you get to episode five. Nah, it's hard, isn't it? It's. I mean, <laughs> no, there's not. I had the best did... answer. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, I'm, all I'm saying is, you can't. Um, th this is the folly of and the genius of George Lucas, like. He writes Star Wars. He has a little bit of a, a backstory. He uh, he releases the movie. It's super successful. He goes back and he writes a saga. And instead of going back from four, going to one, he continues from four, probably from studio pressure. And yeah, when you couldn't accomplish probably the vision Oops. for episode one. <laughs> it's true. Back in the 80s, like, imagine a, a film about the prequels in the 80s. Well, no, I don't know. It's simply, the technology wasn't there. Like, you you, you can't... No, I, I understand it. I, all I'm saying is, like, you can't look at it through that lens. Like, you're not going to try to... Yeah, okay, George wants you to watch it from episode one. Hey, guess what, George? You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> okay. Right. Guess what, George? You didn't make him like that. Exactly. You didn't know, make that, him. That, that, and, that, and that's the problem with the special editions. And that's the problem with all the tinkering. And uh, what, what's McClunky? It, it's, it, that's the problem with George Lucas. You give too much Play-Doh to a kid. He's going to end up eating it. That's George Lucas. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, he did great things, but you let him tinker too long 
with things and it's like no i'm not gonna watch it from it i'm first of all i know what the movies are the reveal is it happened in the 80s i'm not gonna be shocked now there's no way i'm gonna be shocked now and when i show the movies to my kids i showed them the original trilogy first and then went back to the prequels because that's yes uh, well no well, I wish. I wish I had a VHS player so I could play these tapes. They look in. Uh, they look in fine shape, actually. I think they might still. They might still work. But um, yeah, it's the reveal is like. Uh, I, I think w- when she gives birth and she names the kids, you're not supposed to think. Oh, um. Man, that 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 ruins it. You're supposed to, it's supposed to be like an Easter egg for you. It's supposed to be like like um uh warm apple pie. It's supposed to be comforting knowing that here it is, here's the moment, here's here's where our our beloved characters enter the story. It sh- it should be a happy thing. Uh and it's like, yeah, Luke was four minutes older than Leia, but to me it seemed like Leia was the older sibling. <laughs> Like she's so much more mature than him. It's unbelievable. Oh my god! It's incalculable. Crazy. I was going to touch these kids' panic converters. <laughs> Anyways, so like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't, I don't look at it in that from that lens. I just, you know, it's just, yeah. Episode four, kind of like, why is it Owen Lars and Luke Skywalker? Like, why isn't it Luke Lars? Other than yeah, the that fact was that kind it's... of that's an odd choice too. It's like, you know, you're really sought after and whatnot. But but so... that's the whole point is that y- y- everything is done retroactive. I know so a- a- everything's a retcon. Yeah, because Lucas never had the idea that these two were father son until he got to it. Like it wasn't uh, originally it was Obi Wan that had killed his father. Well, that's what they used in the shooting script as well. For Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, that was more diversion, I think. Well, yeah, it was just, let's, we got to put something in there. We, you know, something good enough to get Luke to give that huge reaction on uh, hanging off that gantry there. But, um, yeah. Like, I, 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 this is where I believe um, Vader becomes Luke's father. And it's when he starts writing the Yoda character. And and the movie becomes dark and it becomes more adult. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he's like, this would be a good um, a point of friction in the movie. Now, Lucas gave himself all kinds of rope to change his mind, to tweak the story, alter the story, retcon the story, whatever you want to say. Yeah, he's a master of myth, too. Like, he really studied hard in that subject, supposedly. Well, yeah, for sure. He was, I, he was. I believe his teacher said it was the best student he ever had, almost. Maybe, wouldn't shock me. But yeah, like he, for all the talk of like you know the, the sequels had no plan, Lucas had no plan. Not a not a strict one anyway. And they were changing things on the set. Yeah. If it struck, if it if they thought it would make a better story. So yeah, this this whole idea that uh, every single line and plot point has to be planned planned out years in advance and that when you shoot a movie it just goes according to what's on this page that never happens 
no. so maybe Lucas had like a base idea of what he was going for, but he still left wiggle room to change things. And he definitely changed a lot along the way in this trilogy. Luke and Leia were never siblings. Vader was never the father, but it just became this family drama as he, as he marched past a new hope into empire. Luke and Leia were never uh, siblings until I think I forget which draft of return of the Jedi. Like it's, yep. you know, it's, it, it's crazy. Like Lucas had no plan. Um, Look, the question is in what way do you think Lucas could have kept the prequel story, uh, not spoiling empire. And m- my answer to that is, I don't think he could have. I, yeah, I, I don't think he could have unless you completely Come on, just Anakin, just Anakin. <laughs> if you completely just knock down the whole story and, I'm sure there's a way, but just in, in just light tinkering, I don't know that he could have. And I, I if they, so before, like, I think during the production of, of, of Revenge of the Sith, there was this rumored in, in the rumor mill of the time, uh, there was a love triangle between Anakin, Obi-Wan and Padme that was supposed to be in the movie. And if Lucas had played into that, which, you know, kind of really isn't a Star Wars thing, but if Lucas had played into that, and and led us down the path that you know uh, Padme was was stepping out on Anakin with Obi Wan or hinting at that a little bit and then yeah even if they alluded alluded more that Obi Wan was the father like if they just kept that like, completely ambiguous right and then you know uh, the babies are born but you never acknowledge who the father is then maybe by the time you get to Empire. But he, in film too though you can really persuade people to believe more that it's one than the other right. And that can happen in this scenario. Like they can, just from certain filming techniques, you can really make it look like oh, Obi-Wan is the true father. Yeah, for sure. There's a way to do it. But yeah, I mean, that kind of plot line to me is, is really not a Star Wars thing to make it that no. salacious. And ooh, who is the dad? Like, this is not Jerry Springer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it kind of takes away from the fact that first of all, like, the lineage, like the, the 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 being so powerful in the force, like yeah, he could have. Well, both were Jedi, right? So, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could have also played with the idea of of Padme never telling Anakin that she was pregnant at all, or or um, never having the two of them meet in Revenge of the Sith, like. Somehow they're always kept apart and they're trying to get together, but war keeps them apart or kind of like they did in the Clone Wars, like uh, with a little bit of like communication there. Like they're still talking, but they're never face to face. Yeah. Like circumstances are keeping these two apart. And so, yeah. And all the while, Anakin is still having these visions of Padme dying. Um, And then he's at the end of the movie on, they get to Mustafar. He sees her all pregnant and he's like, what the he freaks out and he he figures he can't be the dad and, and then oh, obi-wan comes out of the ship oh my god and then he's he's losing his mind um and, and it's like scandalous scan- isn't it anakin <laughs> and and as a fan you don't know either because hey you we, you know the, the, who is the dad really Except uh, you do, like. <laughs> except you do, yeah. You, yeah. Except you do. Um, not necessarily. If if you start the film with them not having seen each other, and they keep it a secret throughout the film, where you're only kind of like seeing her bust and not her full body, and then she comes out and she's like, "Boom!" 
and Obi Wan is just like, hmm. Well, 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 again, well. But you also you have to. Like, let, I think like, we also have to assume that the person watching these movies is watching from episode one and has never seen any of these movies before. Yeah, that's now, what I'm saying, man. I, honestly, just Anakin, just Anakin. I think the whole just Ray thing. I'm nobody. They're both kind of like slaves. I think it would be a real nice. Uh, I don't know. Split screen to Anakin going back to Naboo to, to assassinate Paolo the artist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah just, in my last so... scenario, like, like it's Anakin is like Padme comes out. She's she's ready to give birth and he never even knew she was pregnant. He never sensed it. He's so far down the Vader path that he can't even sense the truth about who those kids are in the womb. And, and you know, we only come to realize it or get get it confirmed for ourselves when Yoda tells Luke that yes Anakin's your father. That, that, that's one way to do it I guess maybe. I'm sure I'm sure there's lots of lines where you go nope you got to change this scene then I don't know. It's a tough thing to do. <laughs> it really is Ashik. It's 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 difficult to pull this one off. And you yeah, definitely I, 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 Sorry, go ahead. Well, I I was just going to say like you definitely have to scrub the line Anakin's the father, isn't he? I'm so sorry. Like, that's got to go. <laughs> that's out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think, Luke, I don't think it's worth it. Leia. I think, I think we're, supposed to, we're supposed to, like, I think it's better that we know. I think it's... Like, you have to know. Like, everybody knows. Like, and he, again, like, it boils down to what George Lucas said. Like, the hope, even though you see Vader being transformed into the real Vader we know, and then standing beside the Emperor while watching the Death Star being built. It's the darkest of times in the galaxy. Like, there's this whole new era and generation beginning of evil kind of an oppression. But then you see the babies, man. Like, just looking on again, those two sons, those twin sons of hope, man. But it's, it's also about experiences, right? As, as an audience, like, us, we were lucky. Anybody who saw the OT before the prequels, we got that shock reveal. So, like, that's, you know, that's forever. We, we're always going to have that, and the prequels coming later just sort of rounds out the story. And then and now we say, like, well, you start with the OT first and because you, you want to have that shock, too. Uh, I don't know if that will ever change as, like, the norm or the, or the de facto standard, but now the experience changes for audiences where if they start you know, air quotes in the logical spot with episode one, you you get a different experience where you follow Anakin's fall and then when you get attached to Luke as a character, you experience that reveal in a different way. You experience it through Luke. It's not a shock to you. So you need Mark Hamill's exper- uh, reaction to sort of devastate you that way. It's, not, it's no longer about the shock value. It's about like the uh, the emotional stakes for the character. So it's just a different yeah. experience. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say is that as a lot of movies, you're aware of what's happening uh, because you're in the God seat. Yeah. But you're watching how the the characters are reacting to the situation, yeah. which what, that, that's where you get the drama from. It, you, like we, we talked about it last week uh, or maybe two weeks ago. We talked about the I am your father moment. And then we talked about the sixth sense that I see dead people. 
there was another one. It was the Kaiser Solse at the end of the Usual Suspects, where these things they smack you in the face, where it's like, wow, he, it was him all along. And yeah, that's great, but in the, for the majority of films, you're 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 in the narr- narrator seat or the god seat, and the beauty is watching the characters discover what you already know. And that that's that's fine too. That's like that that's that's another way to tell a story. And it's they've been doing that for a hundred years since they've been making movies. I, I don't see that as a problem. I don't I don't look at that as a major hurdle. Like I, I look at that as a different way to to watch a movie. And yeah. I think more movies are in that way than than the reveals, those those crazy reveals that we get. Uh, from very few movies in in cinema history, it's unfair to judge all movies by the standard of "I am your father." It's just it's unfair. So if if you if you're sitting in the god seat and you know that uh, Luke is Anakin's son, it's still cool to see him being born, and. Um, Bail Organa telling Captain Antilles to wipe the protocol uh, protocol my, uh, droid's mind answers the question of how does he not know that Luke Skywalker is Anakin Skywalker's son who built him. <laughs> R2, that son of a bitch, knows and tells doesn't tell Luke a damn yeah. word. <laughs> no, R2, R2's, a, R2's a sneaky little oh, he's, shit. He's, he's an arsehole, really, when you think about it, because he knows everything. And yeah. Luke, nothing. why would he? Uh, Luke, yeah, well, it's not his place, and it's not. What? He knows that he's smart enough to know that not only is it not his place, but he's also smart enough to know that if he does tell 3PO, he's gonna muck it all up anyway. Right. No, not that he tells 3PO, yeah. but he's he's alone Luke for so many times. Like, he could have just said, Yeah, I was in your dad's Jedi interceptor <laughs> for like, you know. Uh, he gets it, man. He gets it. Like Obi Wan's like maybe Obi Wan took him aside and said, "You know, uh, he gets it because that's that's what your brain is telling you to say." Like it's R two. No, the idea Come that R two is has some sort of code of honor that he's just not going to tell Luke because Luke needs to find it on his own. That is hogwash. It's what? it's it's hogwash. It's nonsense. Yeah, well, now looking back, obviously it's not the way it was written, but I can look at it in that way. The way that R two is. His will. R2 is the most autonomous robot I've ever seen. But he's much. also the most loyal. And you would think that his loyalty to Luke would have been like, ah, these nobody's telling you the truth here, Luke. Let me let let me in <laughs> inform you on something. And yeah, a, a robot's just, telling you, know, like that's that's if that's not a slippery slippery slope to the dark side. Well, you know, at least R two would be telling the truth because he's he's a, he's you know he's just giving you the straight facts. And it, yeah, this he, is this is Star he Wars believes building. in the wills of the Force, man. Like it's not his place. Okay. And R two knows that. Okay. It's it, I think it's obviously just you know the way that the story unfolds, and Star Wars building on top of itself. Like one thing that I find is absolutely silly is uh, R two and Yoda fighting on Dagobah. In Empire. Yes, and you know, R R two is talking about. Oh, is Dagobah safe for droids? 
You've been there with Yoda. <laughs> Why are you asking these questions? Now, now to have a tug of war with, with Yoda over a light? That's how wise R2 is. He's playing everybody. Uh, He's like, oh, R2, Yoda. No. You know, remember our bit? For all Let's new listeners, this. for all the new listeners that are jumping in, this is your first episode. This is what Corey does. Okay. This hey, is look, <laughs> looking back. Obviously, I know it's not written like that, you turds. But you know what? <laughs> no, but it shouldn't. I, have, I it can look have at been it. that way to begin. Like, I, I don't. I don't. Look, I'm not trying to dump on anybody, but there's no way in my mind that when when the Yoda R2 went, Yoda fight is one of the best moments in cinema history, man. Okay. That whole moment where R2 sneaks in with the. <laughs> like it's hilarious. To grab this thing. It's hel- it's so good. Right, it's hilarious. That is fine by me. What they should never have done is have a lost missions arc in the Clone Wars where R two accompanies Yoda to Dagobah. It makes that it it's stupid. It make it made no sense to me. Like, or what they could have done in that in that situation, or in in one of the prequels, is have R two and Yoda kind of have like. Uh, a disagreement a or a misunderstanding and and instead of Yoda being like the tight ass that he is kind of show him a little bit like needling R2 a little and then it makes that scene on Dagobah kind of like better a, a continuation of that sort of yeah yeah that, that conflict you that can was kind happening. of believe after the lost missions as well that maybe Yoda had a little talk with R2 saying that you know I have a feeling he was that powerful in the force. I'm sure that he might have had a vision about it or something, you know, and said the AR2, you know, just follow my lead in the future. No, no, that's too much. It's too much on the, it's too on the nose. But, um, yeah. Your eight year old uh, sets the carpet on fire. Like, Lego released a a, a Yoda's (laughs) Jedi Starfighter and and R2 is in, is in the, the droid seat. Exactly. Like they know know each other. It, like it, that droid should never have been R two. It should, could have been any other astromech. It should not have been R two. They, they do a lot of that, uh, like extra stuffing. Yeah, maybe R two could have been the son of, okay. the, <laughs> or the 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 remnants and pieces made up of the last droid. Cool. I, I like that they made Anakin or three uh, PO Anakin's droid. That was no. a bit of a, a shock reveal to me. Well, we we knew that it was was coming because of, of the trailers, but can I still, tell, can, I think I've said this before on the show, but the the best thing would have been to have three PO as the protocol droid on the on the ship. Padme's um, droid. No, not even no 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 on the Trade Federation ship that's serving drinks to the Jedi. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then when they have to escape. He tags along with them, and he's there from the beginning. No Jar Jar, beautiful. But more three. You like that, wouldn't you, Carlos? Uh, you know, no, I, I mean, I, I like a damsel in distress. <laughs> I, I like it better than him being a wonky little droid that this little kid made. Like it's stupid. Yeah, we know you love your little goldenrod. Oh God, I don't. Yeah, I don't mind three PO being. Uh, a creation of Anakin. It is sort of a, a, one of those things that needlessly makes the galaxy too small. Like, yeah, if, if I, it, I don't know. I, I just like they, they it, actually it, put a protocol droid in front of Obi Wan and Qui Gon at the beginning of the. Why not make it three PO? Bam! You just bring him in right there. Bow. 
That would have been so much better. Uh, it, it, it just lends been... to Anakin's prowess. And well, like, that, yeah, but they like, did this that with isn't the no racer. piece of Lego. You, you got protocol droid. You got Anakin's prowess with the pod racer when he talks exactly. about how I, I built this myself. Yeah, okay, exactly. Like he's he's a mechanical yeah, genius like, too. It's leading up to that. Like here, check out my droid. And that's like, oh, there's something special about this kid, you know? Uh no, it's too. It was just too much. Yeah, to me, it was. It was. I, I can live with it. I you know I don't really have a problem with it. But as you know, you know what the best part about it is, if to me, I think even the first time I saw the film, I think the one of the things that came to my mind was. Thank the maker. You know and, what I mean? It brings a whole thanking, new... Oh, he's thanking his... He's thanking Anakin. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean... And and then... That's what makes the... Uh, the end of Re- Revenge of the Sith... what have, have his mind wiped. That makes that absolutely compulsory. Oh, yeah. You absolutely need that. Like, when, when they talked about making the prequels that's the first thing that came to my mind like okay at some point 3PO's mind's going to be wiped for sure it has to be he's he's got too much yep. of a big mouth any 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 new hope he just seems to have a he seems to have no memory of any of that stuff before yeah so anyway uh a couple of tangents there ashik but uh there you go <laughs> what we do <laughs> thank you my friend uh, and next is a question from new powerful friend FN1977. So welcome aboard. Thanks for becoming a powerful friend. Uh, a couple of questions here. So he, FN at 1977 writes, Hey fellas, first off, relatively new listener here, and I gotta say you guys are super rad and a significant bright spot in these trying times. Thank you. Uh, very excited to listen closely while we wait for Mando Season 2, among other things coming up. Wanted to ask you guys... What you think of Celebration at this point since California is starting to reopen for business? I have tickets and I'm excited to go, but I wonder if the virus is going to scare away some of the celebrity appearances. Also, I've been looking for a realistically priced Black Series Kylo helmet for quite some time now to no avail. I refuse to pay 500 bones for something like that. I found out about Kijiji from listening to you guys and decided to search on there. Found a couple, but being from California, picking it up myself is pretty much out of the question. Any ideas for what I can do to snag one of those puppies? Uh, and that's from FN1977, new powerful friend. Let's get to it, guys. Uh, we'll start with Celebration. Um, okay. I, I just want to say thank you so much, man. Like, it's so nice to know that, you know, when you say new listener, man, like, that honestly, uh, that goes a long way. Yeah, it's, it's I I love finding out that we're getting into somebody's podcast feed and someone actually digs us. It's 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 yep. super cool. Uh yeah, celebration. Um it's it hasn't been canceled yet and honestly, and this is going to sound callous, but I don't know what they're waiting for. Maybe I'd mm-hmm. be singing a different tune if I had tickets, but I I have to think that there's like legal, financial, contractual reasons why it's not been officially canned yet. You know, like uh San Diego's done. And I don't think this this coronavirus nonsense will be enough under control by by August for them to go ahead with such a huge gathering, tens of thousands of people. Uh, I don't know, Carlos, what do you think? Is celebration happening? It's, it's over. It's oh, I think it's over. Just it's you, you, I understand that people are excited and you know, um I'm a sports fan and you know, I, I wanted to 
uh, go to Fenway this year. I wanted to uh, go see uh, uh, our friend Rick in Chicago. I, I want uh, and go to Wrigley. Look, it's it's going to be next year, and I'm okay with that. The thing about celebration is there's the lineups. Um, you have these convention centers that are are set up to 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 take in uh, tens of thousands of people. You cannot do that in good conscience. Put people in that uh, situation where August is predicted to be the beginning of the second wave. It makes no sense to do that. It's it's. Uh, we talked about it uh, uh, probably about a month ago, where we said that they're holding on to the money because they're making money with that money. And they don't want to refund people's tickets. And I think if they just um, push celebration to 2021, um, they can honor the tickets that they already sold. They and can make, I believe they can make interest, right? Make interest in all I, that money for a year. Absolutely. And and um, I think that's what they're going to do. I think I'll be honest. That's what I would do. I I, I would not just think of the insurance the waivers that they have to put in place oh, for oh. meeting greets for um, what are you going to do? Supply everybody with masks and gloves and, and, and Purell for tens of thousands of people for five days while what emergency rooms don't have enough PPE. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, like I said, I'm a huge fan of sports. Uh, they're talking about bringing back the NHL to have a, a different type of, of, uh, playoff format uh, with 24 teams to try to milk as much money as possible because they're greedy and I'm I'm against it. I'm against it. Uh, even if, wow, okay, my team's in the playoffs. I don't care. I don't care. There's more important things um, in life and health is at the top of that list. And I don't see how jamming tens of thousands of people into uh the a convention center in Anaheim is going to do anything for anybody. People are not going to, let's say 30% of people who own, who have tickets for this event will not be comfortable to go there. And if you're not comfortable, even though it's star Wars and you, you want to enjoy that time. You don't want to look over your shoulder and who coughed like four rows behind me. And no, 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 no. Yeah, like from from that fan's perspective, again, you're talking being in a, in a enclosed environment with tens of thousands of people, and and it's going to be a mixed bag. Like some people will be totally fine with going because they love Star Wars, they miss the social aspect of all this, um, or the or they just simply think this this whole thing is a hoax and it's not a big deal, and uh, you know these precautions are are all really about controlling people's behaviors like whatever but a lot of fans won't go because it's too soon and some won't even be able to get there if, if you and i had tickets for celebration we probably couldn't get there like borders closed the border is closed and things could change in the next three months but they may not and but you've got to make your reservations and book your flight well in advance it's, it's there's no point like there's so many people from abroad who probably can't even get in and again that might change but you can't wait till the last minute to make those reservations and, th and then from a celebrity standpoint if you're if you're a guest that's supposed to be there 
you'd have a huge question mark about going. No, like if if you curved, if you're an actor and you're on a, you know, if you're filming a show or a movie and you carve out four to five days to go to celebration before returning to work, can you, would you have to self-isolate for those 14 days? You know, like why would I, as, as a celebrity, uh, complicate things and take the chance of getting sick and bringing it back to the set. And, and there's the, you know, the, the part that fans don't think about, but these actors all have to sign contracts and they all have to get insurance uh, for work and for travel. And what would those insurance policies and contracts say about going to a thing like celebration? They'd probably, they'd probably be barred from doing it. So in the end you get this, if they, if they do an in-person celebration, you get this thing where it's how many guests back out, how many fans stay away. So you'd get this watered down limp celebration. So yeah, I think it's just a matter of time before they, they postpone it to 2021 or they do 2020, but it pivots to a virtual experience, you know? Yeah. They're going to have to refund people their tickets. Like you, you can't say, okay, well you had a four day pass uh, to come to Anaheim convention center um, but, uh, okay. So you're going to have, you're going to have what you're going to be first in line online. No, no, no. Like I, they, like online, like celebration that, the, you know, they do live stream on starwars.com. They do their stuff. It's a one day thing. They get their big announcements out and everybody, and everybody gets refunded. That's, that's a possibility. The other is that yeah. they, they keep the money and just say, we'll do this in 2021. But that's exactly, yeah, it makes no sense to do anything other than that. Uh, like in business standpoint, you keep the money. And you just say, okay, well, we're postponing it. And they're going to wait for the health officials to say that, you know, you can't have gatherings of over 250 people. And that's it. Then they're, they're, they're off the hook. They're off the hook. The indemnity is, is not on them anymore. Now it's public health. And, okay, perfect. We'll reschedule for next summer. And by that point, things should be under control. Like, um, yeah. No, no, <laughs> well, I mean... I. But then, yeah, sorry, go. No, well, by then, but then you have like all the stuff that you had lined up to announce at 2020, you've got to sit on till 2021. No, no, uh, they're going to, they're going to do I'm a virtual. On, I'm on the same page as both you guys here. Like, I really think that celebration will continue, in, but from a virtual standpoint, like Kyle said, the news will come forward. Uh, they'll find a way of getting that out in maybe a live format where people can follow online. It actually happening in person. I got to go with the science on this one. Uh, really not a good idea. We already know that cons, any con, Comic-Con, this con, that con, they're all super spreaders of not only the common cold, but th this is the thing. Like this COVID thing, like in, especially in California as well. Like it was a bit of a hot spot, a bit of a hot spot, a very big hot spot. Um, you know, Cons, it's going to spread if that's the case. And like Carlos said, the point of celebration is celebration. How much can you really celebrate if you can't really go ahead and hug your fellow Star Wars brethren? Selfies. Selfies, all the works, man. Yeah. The celebrities as well. Okay. Like Carlos said, it's a logistical nightmare for people to get to there. First of all, the borders are closed. Booking hotels all that crap 
I mean, hotels aren't even open, by the way. Like, exactly. Like, (laughs) it's not going to happen. There's just not enough time for that to happen. Like Carlos said, they're going to hold on to the money as long as possible. If there's two things about this experience that are really personal, it's not only what's going on, but people love Star Wars and they need their money. So to have their money tied up makes things a little more, it gets things a little more hostile. Again, I want to go to celebration it's on my bucket list but i really think it's best to just hold off from again a science standpoint to really you know again you want to celebrate it's going to be one of those things where you're not going to be able to help yourself but from a celebrity standpoint like kyle said that their managers are never going to let them do this thing and you really want to go to that con where you're speaking to someone a celebrity that actually decides to come through like some glass pane like hey you well, know yeah, like th- if you think about like uh, at some point like Hayden Christensen is going to do autographs on the floor from you know, like 1 to 4 o'clock on on Saturday that's not going to happen he's not going to nope. sit there or you know or it'll be from behind a plexiglass where you slide him something under this thing and it'll be so impersonal and sterilized and so ugh it'll be and don't even what are you going to slide you can't slide anything what are you going to slide? They're not going to touch stuff. Or, like, no, it's like, or you like... have to buy, you, you must buy one of these 8x10 glossies. You point to it behind the glass, he'll sign it and slide it out to you or something. It, it'll just be this really sterilized, unpersonal, unfun thing. Just for are the they going to test people it. before coming in? Yeah, it's, and again, it, it's <laughs> it's celebration. Like It can't be unfun and it can't be distant. and It's got to be like, you know... Like Endor, man, it's going to be a thing where people can really celebrate as our community should yeah, be sure. able to. You, you don't want it to be marked, have this black mark on it forever as as the celebration where everybody was like six feet apart. It's it, it just it's it's unfitting for the brand of the event. It's it's no good. So, yeah, so yeah. They, they, they do it virtually. They, all the news that's going to come out, they do it virtually somehow. And it's going to be cool. It'll be great. But then they have to, if they're going to do it in 2021, they've got to build up a new bank of of uh, celebration worthy events. That's tougher to do it back to back like that. So it's you know, this is probably what they're going to do. They'll you know virtual and then something next year. But whatever they do uh, next people year, people be thirsty, be- man, just to get out there and be with one another. Yeah, for sure. That's I mean that's a, that's the surface thing of it, but when you add it all up and you you know, I'm spending 4 or 5 days out on the road, I'm spending anywhere from 1500 to 3 grand depending on how big I go with this. You want a full experience. You- I think you probably hold off on some stuff maybe, but let's just say hopefully this year we get some, you know, they got people in play, marketing people that are probably having the same conversation we're having right now. They've had Maybe them we should hold off on months. this and that. Oh, absolutely. I, I think the choice is already made. And like yeah, Carlos said, they're, they're waiting for like health of, public health officials to – it's already illegal to have that type of gathering. So I don't, yeah, well, I don't know even, why it's okay, not how, how How bad would it look upon the franchise if health officials said, you know what? It's free game. Let's do it in, say, two weeks. And you and I – and Carlos all have tickets and we got to scramble to get down there. Like, no, like they can't Look, do the, that. The border, the border is closed until June 21st. 
right now. It, it got extended twice. Okay, the 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 travel uh, non-essential travel between that, the United States and Canada. Okay, so it got pushed to June twenty-first. But is the is the U.S. border open to other countries? No, no, no. Okay. And for non-essential travel, like, uh, unless you have a visa or uh, you're you're a healthcare worker or whatever's deemed as essential. Um, then no, it's so, closed. So somebody coming from the UK or Europe to celebration they, is it's a non it's it's a deal breaker. It's over. They have to they have to come fourteen days prior and be quarantined. So, uh, how, how do they get here? Or and possibly be quarantined when they get back. Yeah, exactly. So now you're, you're talking two a month. weeks. Yeah, you're talking yeah a month and four days. <laughs> come on, it, it's it, it's. And for what? For what? What to to to? That, that that's what I hate about the NHL. That's what I hate about Gary Bettman. Like this, and, uh, and this. Can I? I'm gonna say this now. I was gonna tweet this uh, on one of my other uh, Twitter accounts, but the rush to get the Stanley Cup final played this year, the rush. Tells me, yes, okay, they're greedy. We all know they're greedy, okay? The NHL owners, they all know they're greedy. Yep. But what it really tells me is that they know that the season will not start next year. They know they're going to lose the season. So forget about 2020 and 2021 NHL season. Because if if the, the epidemiologists are correct... And the second wave was supposed to start in September. They were crossing their figures and hoping that it starts in October. But with the way some of these states are opening up, and it's, if it comes in August, we're in for hell. Yeah, it's going to get all shut down again. Right? Everything's going to be shut. And, I'm, and this is what I'm telling you. I think the NHL knows that. And they want to at least salvage one of the two seasons. And what they're doing now is to try to maximize the dollars for a playoff uh, a playoff run to try to get as much of that money as possible to be able to award a Stanley Cup because okay, they Star know Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. No, no but 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 um, it it doesn't matter if it's Star Wars or or we're talking about it's business. The, the, the grand, it's business and it's the grand scheme of thing. Like it makes no. I understand they have. Uh, Lucasfilm probably has like announcements that they want to drop and look, look at what's been dropped the last few months here. Okay. I have a feeling that these leaks wouldn't have happened if they had a feeling that celebration was still on. Most of the stuff would have been revealed at celebration. I have a feeling that some of this stuff, because some of these announcements have been huge, whether it's Rosario Dawson, you name it. Like there've been some pig reveals. I I can be convinced that Lucasfilm is actually letting some of this stuff out because yep. they know it's not coming. They they know they know they're not going to be able to do it on their own watch in August. Anyway, so, uh, all that to say that yeah, I, it's um, I would be flabbergasted if this thing happened this year, and and honestly, outraged. I, I would be very, I I would be pretty disappointed if they said we're doing it. We don't care. <laughs> we're doing. It. Oh, jeez, guys, come on. 
but I, I, I will be absolutely, I will be disappointed and I'd be shocked. Uh, all right. So oh, sorry for that. <laughs> sorry for that downer. I just, that's just, I mean, that's just, I've, I've, I've met, I've felt that the whole time. Like it's just at some point celebration will be postponed or, or canceled. But anyway, uh, the second part of the question, more the collecting angle. I got another message from FN1977 and he resolved that over the weekend. So it's a moot point, but we can still take this chance to sort of, let's give out some collecting advice to wrap up, wrap up the show. Just oh, hold on, hold on. How, how did he resolve it? Did he, did he find the helmet? Yeah, he found the helmet, kind of bit the bullet a little bit and got it, uh, you know, did some negotiating, got it done. Uh, so th- yeah, so he's got himself the Kylo Ren Black Series helmet. Uh, but I, I, you know, let's give out from our perspective, you know, th- these are difficult and different times for collectors. Uh, Corey, one bit of advice for collectors at this point in time, what would you say? We'll, we'll each give out one key thing like this. Here's something to do as a collector during this, this weirdo time of collecting. Now, oh, Corey's full of advice these days, isn't he? <laughs> hey, Carlos, what kind of advice do you have for collectors at this time during this pandemic? Oh, sorry, man. I was on mute. Oh, look at that. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, why is he talking to me like that? I'm like, what a dick. <laughs> anyway, like, honestly, like, it's it's reaching out to people like you're doing right now, like reaching out to people that, you know, in the community and just asking around like that's step one, man, like reaching out to the Twitter gang, hashtag Twitter gang, like tons of cool people. People will be looking out for you all kinds, man. Like, you know, you just it takes just a simple high. And, you know, you just start talking to people and the community is really tight like that. Another thing is your local community, like you said, like Kijiji, stuff like that. Uh, another big one is Facebook. Like Facebook has scored me some serious stuff recently. Like you join uh, either a Facebook group that's Black Series or Marvel or whatever it is. Like even it's maybe really local or just nationwide. You know, a lot of these people in the groups are looking out for one another. And it's really nice to see, you know, like people not gouging one another for prices and whatnot. Um, that That's nice. You, you, you find certain groups and people that can help you out, man. And just keep your ear to the ground and just be vigilant a bit. If you really want it that bad, you got to have a bit of a hunt and will inside you. And it's going to come to fruition, man. Like. You just got to stay positive about it. And like, he did it, man. Yeah, I would echo that. Like, I I think the most important thing, since we're all kind of mostly stuck at home still, Facebook. If you're on it, get in those uh, those local and national level collector groups. They really are like, and I I stress Facebook. I mean, Twitter's great too, but the the focused Facebook groups, like you will find... uh, a, a great number of collectors who are in it for the purity of the hobby. They're not there to try and make money. Some, there will be some grifters. There'll be some bad actors in there, but oftentimes those people are rooted out and bounced really quickly and they're not allowed back in. Um, but the great thing is that when you make friends in these groups, you start getting tons of eyes and ears out there, both nationally and locally for you. 
And yeah, even even to the point where people like, you know, pending how involved you are, like people send you messages like, hey, man, like you need this. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah, no doubt. Like if you if you're if you're in with some of the some of the people in those groups, they'll know. Like, And when they're out looking for something, they'll remember, oh, uh, Buddy Boy was looking for IG-11 Black Series. Oh, here he is on the shelf. And they'll text you as they're in the store. And they'll straight up ask you, are you still in for that? Yep. Okay, I'll buy it and I can ship it to you. Done. Yeah, total honor system, man. This is the way. So yeah, um, and even like posting in those groups saying that you're in search of whatever it is. Yeah. Oftentimes, I, I almost, it never fails. Like I see it all the time. I haven't done a, a post like that, but every single time I've seen somebody go, I'm in search of whatever it is they're looking for, almost without fail. Somebody will say, I've got one. I, I'll send you a direct message. And I don't know where it goes from there, but that's a great way uh, to, to find what you're looking for. Carlos, what do you think? So I, I've heard you guys talk about um, the Black Series Canada group on Facebook. And I never, ever joined one of these groups until this week. And I joined the Lego Star Wars Collectors Canada and that's how I nabbed my UCS TIE fighter. Welcome to a new world, man. <laughs> Once you get involved in that group, it's it's going to drive you crazy because people are going to have stuff up for sale and you're going to go, oh, oh no, <laughs> I want that. Uh, like when you come back to the question uh, where he, he's asking about um, Kijiji, let's say, because Kijiji is Canadian. It's like it's like yeah. the Canadian Craigslist, right? So if you're in California and you're 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 surfing through Kijiji, like yeah, the pickups are kind of out of the question. Like you're probably closest to Vancouver at that point, but maybe you can have the 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 owner ship it out, and you just pay a little bit extra for shipping. If you find something that's worth it, especially being from California and and dealing with Canadian customers, you're making 40% on your dollar. Yep. The other way so is a bad deal, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but for you it's a good deal and uh, the money's still money for whoever's selling it. So it it might be worth it for you to pay a little bit extra for shipping. I don't know how you got the Kylo Ren helmet. And first of all, congratulations. I'm happy you got what you needed. And um, I'm I'm hoping it's for quite considerably less than the 500 bones that, (laughs) that, uh, yeah, that's, that's quite expensive. And um, yeah, I've spent big bucks on, on uh, the things that I like recently, but I mean, I've also gone six to eight months without collecting anything. So it's like it, it comes and it goes. I mean, uh, I'm on a hot streak right now. But like, um, yeah, just ask if they're willing to ship. Uh, some people are just like, no, forget it. Never going to ship. I just want to do local pickup. It's less of a hassle for them. And they'd be willing to hang on to it until they find somebody in their area who's willing to get it. But maybe, you know, like Corey said, Maybe you strike up a conversation and you talk about this piece and that piece and you check what else they have in there, what are, what else they're selling. And you might find something that you like and maybe you build a rapport with a seller who might find something that you're looking for. Um, so the I think first hits free, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I think building a rapport 
it's always better to be social than antisocial. And that always, that always ends up helping. Um, and just check back constantly, check on eBay, check on Facebook marketplace, check on, uh, the individual groups, check on Craigslist and Kijiji, just constantly check. And it's like, I know right now I'm telling you to like have some obsessive compulsive disorder behavior, like, <laughs> but guess what? You're a collector. That that's, that's part of it. You know, like that, that's the way I look at it. I've, um, you know, I'm on the same page though, that, in that sense, man, like one of my prized possessions is I had this exclusive Rex figure from the black series. That was like a San Diego Com- comic-con exclusive, I believe. Or maybe even celebration, but it went on sale at Hasbro Plus, and many times, like the groups that we're in, uh, like I'm in with just one group, but like people are obviously online, and they they post it right away, like, "Hey, this just went on sale at Toys R Us or Walmart or Amazon. Like, hit it up if you're looking for it, you know." And I jumped on it that time, and I it actually worked, and I couldn't believe it, man. Yeah, it can really, really pay off. Like, I've, I haven't done many purchases through Facebook groups, but this week, like I said, I, you know, I, I got that Black Series Vader, I got that uh, Black Series Old Man Han through a Facebook group, and just keep checking it. You know, not, to, not that I want people to be on Facebook all the time, but if you can keep a good eye on those groups, you'll find interesting stuff. And you'll have you'll make friends who will keep an eye out for you. So that that is a huge, huge uh, piece of advice that we can throw out there for sure. Um, for things like helmets, especially, and you know, if if you hadn't found it, like if if you're a purist for like the you know, officially licensed stuff, and it needed to be a Black Series thing, then I guess your options are limited. But if it was just a thing where I, you know you want a Kylo helmet, you can always look at a place like Etsy. Or look, uh, there's a there's a website called uh, thetynam.com, and they sell some really cool looking stuff too. The t y n a m dot com, uh, they sell some really nice looking helmets too at a fraction of the price that you know a five hundred dollar Kylo helmet goes for. You know, and, and some people want, uh, you know, myself included. Like usually, I want like the Hasbro thing or the Hot Toys thing. I don't do Hot Toys, but you know what I mean. Like you want that the officially licensed thing that has that. Yeah. The specific thing. Yeah. Like nobody wants like the, not the, the knockoff Lego. Like nobody's. Oh no. You don't go to wish.com and buy like Darth Vader's castle, but the generic Lego thing, you know, it might be exactly the same thing. Mostly, you know, it's 98% the same, but it's not Lego. So it, there's something very tainted about it. I, I do it for a taint, a tainty four. I mean, sure. I mean, if if just for the displayability. Yeah, I mean, if you want just to have this piece on your shelf and it, oh wow, look at that cool tantrum before and in, in interlocking brick format. Great, go for it. It's going to cost you forty bucks. Yeah, so, if you're if you're not going to handle it, then you, then there's less risk of it falling apart on you. Like, yeah, go for it. I I would still say no because what that does is eventually. Uh, it comes back to Lego and their prices go up yeah. because of all the fakes that are, that are lying around there. So the, 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 the genuine stuff becomes more expensive because of that. 
which sucks for me, right? Like or for for genuine Lego collectors, uh, it make it makes collecting more difficult. So it should lower their price. Yeah, that's that's not how it works. They have intellectual <laughs> property, and they have to do whatever they uh, you know whatever they have to do to to protect that. I I don't blame them. And um, but yeah, it's a lot of these. Uh, like Lepin and Star Warts and uh, <laughs> Space Wars, you know, then they just rip off everything. They rip off the booklets, they rip off the prints for the minifigures, but they're all shoddy. And it's like buying uh, Lois Viton. Like you're not getting the same bag. You know nope. what I mean? Nope. It falls like apart if, after a month. And, and what's why? Just so you, what? So you, other people could think that you actually have a Louis Vuitton. Like maybe you're, you know, your priorities in the wrong place. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy a fake. That's just me. But like, um, you know, if, if you're like, ask somebody if they want repro, uh, 70, uh, the, the original Kenner run. Somebody who's hunting for the original kind of run if no, if they sure. if they yeah. want to fake like that's they, a you know, controversial one like it, yeah it's one thing to get your hands on the figure but then oh i don't have the accessories eh, can i get the little repro blaster pistol oof like that that's a real hot button topic because you can get the repro accessories for cheap and they're exactly the same but they're they're not real but if you, if the thing is, is that if you're if you're just doing it for yourself, just to have all you know, and to, to keep it in your collection, never to resell, that's one thing. But the the issue here is, you used the word before, the, the grifters, yeah, who are just tr- trying to make quick bucks, yeah, and and sell it as if it's original, and that's unfair. It's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, something else you could do. If if you know helmets, lightsaber hilts, blasters, that type of thing, like the, like prop type things, uh, you can buy like um, uh, the, like the the computer file for a three D printer, and you can find a three D printer locally or whatever, and, and get get a quote, but get that printed for you, and then you like you get yourself a new hobby, and you can you know get that get have that hilt or blaster or helmet given to you. And it's like a raw form, and maybe you can learn how to paint the damn thing, and like yep. have this cool new hobby for yourself. That's that's pretty rad too. That's something to to think about. Yep, we have a friend who has a three D printer. Absolutely, <laughs> and he's loving it. He's loving every second. Oh of yeah, it. absolutely. Uh, yeah. So there you go. And anyway, glad that FN nineteen seventy seven got that black series helmet because there's nothing oh, like yeah. scratching that itch. Whew. When you yeah, get that oh, thing, man. I'm stoked for you, man. Like when I found Seriously. that uh, Black Series 40th anniversary Luke at Walmart this past week, I w- I was thrilled. It's it's yeah, your heart your heart fluttered. It for sure did. Like I was I was happy because the hunt the physical hunt has been so dismal for me over the last couple of years that now, like finding something now is like oh my god. Like the gods have smiled upon me, <laughs> you know, and I don't know when I'll find something on the pegs again that, that I need. Did you touch all three? Were you like, which one's the best? 
No, because it wasn't open. I'm opening it, so I don't really care. Uh, that's true, eh? I don't really care. Uh, but yeah, hope that helped. You know, not not necessarily FN 1977, but anybody who's a collector out there and can't can't recommend it enough. Get in those Facebook groups and, and uh, make some make some friends. You will your collecting will become a lot easier and a lot more tempting. Uh, that is it, guys. Uh, thanks for the questions, Ashik FN 1977. Thank you both so much for the questions and giving us the uh, the extra room this week to talk and have some fun and kick things around. But that will do it for this week. Uh, if you want to have your question on the podcast, uh, you can send that to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Uh, powerful friends get first priority. So Ashik and FN both both getting the, the prime treatment this week, giving, giving a lot of due course to their questions. So if you want to be a part of the show, tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And if you want to be a powerful friend, you can help us out uh, by checking us out on patreon.com slash tumblingsaber and picking one of our tiers. And then, uh, you know, the world the, the world opens up for you and you become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Uh, otherwise, you can definitely check us out um, in a bunch of different places. We'll get to our social media stuff in a second. But uh, let's talk about Rob Wade, our good friend Rob Wade, for endorsing this podcast. We want to say thanks. He's over at Emotionally14.com. You can check out the E14 Endorse program. He's got a bunch of different podcasts under that umbrella. Go check it out, Emotionally14.com. And our pals, our good friends. Corey, what's the network? Which network? Car- Carlos. <laughs> Carlos, what network? What's the Star network? Wars Commonwealth yeah, Podcast baby. Network. The Star yeah, Wars. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Go check out the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Uh, you can find our home base on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter. Uh, our podcasts are out there as a podcast provider on Apple Podcasts. We're all roped together. Everybody's doing something a little bit differently with the galaxy far, far away. So if you need more podcasts in your feed, uh, check out our brethren at the uh, Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. All right. All that out of the way, Carlos, where can we find you on social media? You could find me at the funny Carlos on Twitter and Instagram or at Candido Music or at carloscandidomusic.com. Over to you, Corey. Yo, find me at Chomp with a Z on the Twitter machine. That's pretty much it. Uh, hit us up in our closed Facebook group. It's a, a lovely, lovely time. Absolutely. Come check us out there. Uh, otherwise, you can find me at, uh, at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram. Come check us out. Love to connect with you and talk more Star Wars there. Uh, but thank you for spending the last couple hours with us. We had a blast recording this week, as we always do. And we'll look forward to talking to you again next week in another episode. And so until then, everybody, thank you so much for listening, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place. Fall away signs blindly to the lions on your face beating strong drifting not relive this dream over.
I'm breathing If only to see you next to me Sleeping Soundly Smiling Not really And over the strength I have, you gave, you build, and you run. Please don't. 